0: Hi, welcome to a new episode of PASHA. My name is Inas Kosana. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode of PASHA looks at how COVID-19 has deepened inequality in South Africa. Our guests are Ivan Turok and Justin Vasaki from the Human Sciences Research Council in South Africa. They start by discussing how poverty, unemployment, and food security are major threats facing many people in South Africa. Ivan? Unemployment, poverty,
1: and hunger are long-standing problems that predate the pandemic. For example, the unemployment rate on the narrow definition that excludes people discouraged from seeking work was 29% at the end of 2019. That was one of the highest recorded rates of unemployment in the world. It rose from 29 to 33% at the end of 2020, the latest date for which information is available. The rise in unemployment was mainly because 1.4 million jobs were lost in the economy as GDP contracted by 7% last year. That was nearly 10% of the national employment total. This is the worst shock to hit the labour market in a century. The job slump was caused mainly by the national lockdown, shutting down many sectors of the economy, coupled with international restrictions on travel. Tourism and hospitality, that is hotels, restaurants and bars, have been hardest hit, followed by construction, property, arts, entertainment and transport. Mining was able to resume operations quite quickly so few mining jobs have been lost. Restrictions on many other sectors have since been lifted, but their recovery has been delayed by people's fears of catching the disease through social contact. This has affected activities like restaurants, bars and cinemas, causing businesses to close down or to contract. And the job losses themselves have had a knock-on effect through reduced consumer spending in shops, travel, entertainment and eating out. With many people spending less and working from home, There's been a slump in building new houses, offices, and shops. Unlike some other wealthier countries in Europe, North America, and Asia, the rise in unemployment in South Africa has not been offset by a massive government economic stimulus package and wage compensation scheme.
0: But this impact of COVID hasn't been consistent at all. Some parts of the population are affected more than others. Why is this the case? Justin?
2: At the heart of this is the nature of work, which differs between different types of occupations. People working in high-touch, public-facing jobs, such as in bars, restaurants, hairdressers, and even sub-segments of retail, have experienced a disproportionate decline in demand for their services. Meanwhile, many professionals, technical staff, and managers have been able to work from home, so they've been relatively protected. The worst affected sectors of the economy, like tourism and hospitality, also tend to employ relatively low-skilled workers. You can think of waiters, cooks, cleaners and the like who have been really vulnerable uh, to this crisis. The ban on alcohol has also had an impact on jobs in bars and restaurants. But even within tech-savvy firms, many low and some middle-tier workers face real challenges in trying to work from home, such as the infrastructure to connect to the internet and more practical things like having access to a suitable desk, chair, and a quiet space to work in. All in all, low and semi-skilled workers tend to live in townships within South African cities with the poorest of the poor living in informal settlements. So these communities have been far worse affected than those in the suburbs. Our research shows that during a hard lockdown in April 2020, unemployment reached a staggering rate of 50% for shack dwellers, 40% in townships, but less than 30% in the suburbs. Informal traders were obviously very badly affected by the initial lockdown and the ban on street trading. Their rate of unemployment did manage to come down a bit by June once the economy had opened up but it was still very high at above 40%. Townships also still faced an unemployment rate of above 40% in June even after the economy was opened up. The social costs on families in these places are understandably severe and we think that they could be long lasting. According to the latest data, 1 in 5 households reported going hungry at the end of 2020. So all in all different communities living within cities face fundamentally different economic and social circumstances.
0: Are there steps the government is taking to help people navigate this tricky situation? Ivan?
1: The South African government was rather slow and indecisive about launching an economic stimulus package and wage compensation scheme, and then it was quite modest compared with those in other countries. This is mainly because South Africa entered the pandemic with a very weak position, with an economy that was already in recession. There's been a lot of debate about whether the government has done enough to support the vulnerable small and medium enterprises, and whether it could have been more creative about using some existing savings schemes such as the Government Employees' Pension Fund to boost liquidity and investment in infrastructure. An important initiative was the Temporary Employee Relief Scheme to fund people who were laid off during the lockdown. This was subsequently extended several times, but it has now expired. The Government also introduced a brand new grant for unemployed adults with no other source of income, the Special Relief of Distress Grant. They did well to set this up within a few months, although it only provides 350 Rand a month per person. About 6 million people have benefited over the last 12 months. Unfortunately, this is also about to expire. So there are big uncertainties about the economic outlook and the prospects for jobs and incomes in the period ahead.
0: What has the government done about specific problems in township and informal settlements? Justin?
2: Very little, to be frank. There have been various schemes to provide emergency relief in the form of food parcels or blankets, such as those through the National Solidarity Fund and the energies of other local community-based organisations, but these are a poor substitute for a proper relief and recovery scheme for township economies. The loss of jobs and livelihoods has had a serious impact on many household budgets, food security, access to childcare services, And all of this is exerting enormous pressure within these communities. For instance, a number of people who were renting their accommodation are now struggling to pay their bills, and some have been evicted or obliged to leave and fend for themselves. We've seen this in the surge of land occupations in the major cities, which has been very disruptive in all sorts of ways. In Cape Town, for example, 9,000 people are now living on the main rail line between Kailitsha and the city center, which means the commuter train service can't operate. There are also widespread reports of elevated levels of theft and vandalism to public and transport infrastructure in many townships. Things such as the removal of street paving, destruction of street lights, and theft of train and electrical cables. These are all symptomatic of the broader social stresses being faced within these communities.
0: What do you think will be the best way forward to help people deal with poverty, unemployment, and food insecurity?
2: There's
1: little doubt that we need a stronger national recovery plan to drive inclusive growth and development. We also need to complement that with more targeted, place-based responses to the specific problems in informal settlements and townships. Instead of government providing handouts and doing things to families and communities, we need municipalities and provinces to work hand-in-hand with communities to design and implement practical solutions To all the problems they face. An immediate priority is to improve water supply, sanitation, electricity and waste collection in many townships and informal settlements. Housing is another obvious target for attention. We need local programs that employ local labour and contractors to replace shacks and other makeshift structures with solid rental units that are watertight, warm and secure. Involving local people provide jobs from construction and help to build skills and capabilities that will provide sustainable livelihoods into the future. In the next phase of the vaccine rollout, I think we should give more priority to people most at risk of catching and spreading the virus rather than just all those over 60. That would include the residents of dense townships and informal settlements and people working in high-touch public-facing industries like education, hospitality, retail, taxis and policing.
0: The health and economic impact of COVID-19 set up a complex challenge for many of South Africa's poor. Recovery won't be easy, but our guests set out ways to try and help people come out of this situation. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Uzair Patel. From me, Ines Fosana. goodbye for now.